everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this, this show, give us that five-star review, especially on Spotify. And as always, we talk judging in MMA. You should learn the criteria. Head over to abcboxing.com to read it. So, Dan, I am uh, gutting this one out. I'm a little under the weather with uh, with that thing that everybody's been uh, you know, talking about for the last couple of years. Oh, it's, it's years now. It's crazy. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is years now. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you're you're toughing it out better than I am when I had it. So we're we're both talking about the Zika virus, right? Oh, correct. Yes. No, no, it's not Zika. <laughs> I don't have Zika. Oh, uh, I think we don't know what he have. But uh, yeah, I'm gutting it out. I I was the last one in the household to get it. Everybody else did, and uh, yeah, I think I probably got it. Uh, not as bad as anybody else, but it's it's just it's just weird. I thought I beat it. I thought I got past it, and everybody was better. It was like it took a week, and then all of a sudden at the end, it was like. Well, here's one last thing. Yeah, one last thing before we head out. Yeah, yeah that's all right. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be fine soon. <laughs> but uh, we did at least get some live fights for the first time in a month, sir. Yes, and uh, I mean, it wasn't great, but the main event was awesome. It was a good main event and, yeah. and quite a surprise, I think. I mean, you know, we both picked on this show, we picked Giga Chikadze to beat Calvin Cater, and it decidedly did not go that way did you pick a finish i don't think i did i think i picked a decision for I, I know i picked decision i felt i felt like or i'm almost positive i did anyway i mean i know i picked chikadze i don't i don't think I, I picked a finish though i felt like it was gonna go longer i i just i and who knows maybe maybe this is revisionist history because i don't remember what we picked last week this is your job sir <laughs> well you're one and two i'm two and one that's not so we make other picks too you gotta you gotta mark these things down one and two Two and one. It's that's not as simple as it. Then I'm not gonna make. Uh, I'm not gonna say how or when anymore. You don't have to. You don't care. I don't know. You just get the guy right. It's much easier. Well, I don't like that. All right, I'll go back and listen to the one show, and then whatever, we'll figure it out. Are you sure you want to listen to this this podcast that we're talking about? I will. Yeah. I, I don't like one of the hosts. <laughs> Yourself? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm cool with me. We, we get along well. <laughs> Yeah, that one's fine too. Anyway, uh, yeah, obviously it didn't go the way either of us expected realistically because Calvin Cater was most definitely the better fighter, 100%. Uh, not just on that night, but I I, <laughs> I think Giga said something post-fight or something that I read that like nine out of ten times he's going to win. Yeah, well, it was like that. He was in the hospital. This is not the one. Yeah. No, no. This was probably like the seven out of – or eight or nine out of ten times. Yeah, this was – I mean, he fought – perfect fight he he took his kicks away it was amazing i was like wow he just crowded him he really he just didn't back down he just kind of got in his face and he started he was throwing these elbows and things with standing elbows that were spinning all these it was it was really fantastic to watch uh yeah. the most shocking absolutely thing absolutely great most shocking thing for me was cater like not having any like lingering effect of his battering from max holloway a year ago so I mean, was I wasn't good. necessarily shocked by that because you just don't know. Like that for me, it was more of like a, I don't know what he's going to be like, you know. Yeah, um, well, I was shocked that there was like nothing there. Ah, so. I don't know. I I guess I I disagree. He's really how it really comes down to, but um, yeah, it, it he looked great. Calvin Cater looked great. He reminded all of us, uh, especially the hosts of of this show, that uh, he is definitely a relevant 145 pounder. Uh, having said that. 
if Max Holloway was to win the championship uh, in the next chance that he gets before Calvin Cater can get there, then uh, I don't think we're going to make that rematch. That doesn't seem like something that would happen. So he's got to be rooting for uh, Holloway to not get the belt back at any point. Yeah, I would think so. That 100% in his mind, he wants that fight back. So. No, I'm sure he does, but it's... I think all of us kind of, I, I feel the same way about Giga and Calvin Cater that I do about Max and Calvin Cater is, I think the first time told us everything we need to know about those two guys. Yes, I agree. But, but, uh, John Anik pointed out, he said, Giga Chikazi just took a beating at the hands of Calvin Cater and it, it pales in comparison to what Holloway did to Cater. So it's a, it's a bit more closer where I could see maybe somewhere down the line that they end up, you know, meeting each other again. Who, which two? Cater and Chikadze. Okay, yeah. I, I, I think that that is a much closer beating. Yeah, I would agree. I was just making sure what you were trying to mm-hmm. say there. Because, yeah, the, the degree to which Max Holloway beat up on Calvin Cater, even in a competitive fight, just showed me everything that I needed to know about those two okay. guys. There's a different world that Max Holloway is in from Calvin Cater. Yes. And I think... Probably Calvin Cater and Giga at least still kind of exist in the same realm, just at different extremes, so to speak. Yeah, for now. Yeah. We'll see. You know, Giga certainly could learn from this. I I would think he better learn from this. He better not sit there and think, oh, yeah, this is just the one time. If he gets too cocky. You know, it's one thing you say it in public. Like, when people say these things in public, it is what it is. You know, you, you can put some bravado out there. But as long as you're taking things seriously behind the scenes that's really all that matters no i agree with dom dom cruz he's gonna come back better from it yeah so i think so too so what but what do you think is next for cater here because obviously he's coming off the win he's the more important guy coming out of this no offense to to giga i'm sure he's important to his family but you know what i mean i would i would think brian ortega that's the fight everyone's calling for and i agree with everyone that's one i want to see i like it yeah i i think Probably at this point, there's really not a whole lot of other guys up there. I mean, you could say maybe Yair Rodriguez, even in a loss, looked really good, and maybe that's something to make. But I, I don't, I don't know if I'd want that. I, I'd say wait just a little longer than that. I, I like Ortega. I think that's a good one. Yeah, that that's where I'm at. Okay, right, good. That was easy. What about uh, <laughs> what about Giga? <laughs> yeah, usually we talk about these things ad nauseum. So, what do you think about Giga? I don't think it sets him back too much. I mean, it still it still was a good fight. He's gonna be out for a little while though. His face is a mess. Those three cuts around his eye were are just disgusting. Um, they don't look great. So that's gonna take a while. Um, I don't think it sets him back too far. I mean, I know Bill Algio called him out. I mean, that's just a ridiculous call. That fight never happens. That's uh, not ready. I mean, it, who knows? Algio keeps winning. Maybe something happens. Oh, but not he's right just now. so unexciting. Uh, no, 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 no. I, believe me, I think we're like minimum a year away from something like that existing. But I'm just saying, you yeah. never know. Don't count the guy out. Yeah, I'm going to count him out. Uh, All right, fine. Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think you can keep Giga in, in his. You're I, on. I, you're I, on I, the fence here. I'm. De- I'm detecting. I don't think. Can he... I? Can I tell you mine? If you're. Yeah. If you're, uh... You go. All right. My idea was that. Giga could face, I would say, you know, I, I, I kind of double doubling back on this now because at first I was saying he could face the winner of Sadiq Yusuf and Alex Caceres, but I think that might be, I don't know, I'd rather him come off a go, go for someone who's coming off of maybe more of a loss now. So I'm kind of edging away from that. I don't know. It's tricky. And it's maybe Arnold, the loser of that fight, even. Has Arnold Allen fought in a while? You know, Al- Arnold Allen like hasn't lost is the thing. Okay. He's actually got 
just as much momentum as Giga did, except for the lack of finishes. He is now eight and zero in the UFC. <laughs> Eight and zero, and he just beat Yusuf. Okay, I mean last year, but yeah, he's coming off a win off of Yusuf. Um, he is, yeah, still unscheduled as far as I can tell. So it'd be nice to see him fight again, but I'd rather see, you know, if I don't want to go too far off book here, but I think Arnold Allen probably ought to be fighting somebody. You know, Josh Emmett's right ahead of him in the UFC's rankings. I don't hate that one. All right, I think that'd be perfectly fine because the winner off of that, they really kind of break into the, the title picture. I think. Yeah, I would agree. That'd be interesting, but. Yeah, what about yeah? I mean, you got any thoughts now? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be someone that that's either booked soon or whatever, and then whoever loses maybe or the or winner, like you around. said. I mean, yeah. I, I would Bryce Mitchell, I think, is an interesting matchup, but uh, he's already fighting uh, Edson in March, so. Yeah, I think I think Bryce Mitchell. Let's say if Bryce Mitchell was to lose that fight, I think that would be interesting. Okay. Because you can't just say the loser because right, yeah, you know, Barboza. We can't do a Barboza yeah. rematch. Again. No Barboza again. Right no Ige. No. But I, I actually like the stylistic matchup there with, with Mitchell and, and uh, Chikadze too, because I'd like to see how well Bryce Mitchell can handle somebody who's, you know, a, a better striker like that. Potentially, you know, is he able to take him down, you know, as needed or what? You know, the one time that in this fight that we just saw on Saturday, the only time it ended up on the mat was when Giga made a mistake. He ended up on the floor, lost his bearings, and Cater did what I think too few fighters will do in that situation, is he just pounced. He he launched himself. Yes. Wild. So, I see so many fighters will just kind of patiently let their opponent get back up. And I get it. There's, there's a danger there. It's not like there's no punishment that can come at you. But I think the best time to try and get somebody is when they're off balance, you know? Mm-hmm. Get in there and, and try to lock them up and... and get them down because we you know i was almost thinking okay after that maybe we'll want to see a situation where cater's going to try and get it to the mat again i know he's a striker and it's not that's more of his thing than anything but he obviously was winning that round uh to everybody except me we'll get to that in a moment but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was yeah. no there was some other media members who agreed i believe i saw their yeah scores, we'll, we'll get to so... that we'll get to that i want to finish this first but uh yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> it was going his way at the very least. Like he found that he could keep him down there. Um, so why not try and get it down there? Obviously he didn't need to. He, he realized that, oh, wow, I can really beat the credit out of this guy too. So it worked out for him. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome beating. Great fight to start the year. And then everybody was kind of talking in the in the lead up to this fight of like, oh, you know, shouldn't they have waited to book uh, the next title fight for Alexander Volkanovsky? He's going to be fighting Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung. The thinking was, oh, they should wait to see how this plays out. If he wins, then you can give Giga the, the title shot. Obviously, that was chickens before they hatch kind of thing. They never did. Uh, we ended up eating those eggs, and and uh, Calvin Cater scrambled them <laughs> to, to kind of keep the metaphor going. I like scrambled eggs. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're solid. <laughs> but how do we feel about kind of the booking now of Volkanovski and Korean Zombie, now that there's absolutely no other option coming out of this fight? I still think there is other options. I, I, I am not sold on this this fight uh no i mean uh, what i mean is out of this fight that you wouldn't give any of these two oh absolutely no no definitely i still think volk should be waiting for max to heal we still haven't been told what what holloway's injury is um i mean you are known for wanting your champions to not fight that's true volkanovsky fights once a year so i mean make it worth it and i don't think korean (laughs) zombies worth it uh i like the guy in there in april uh, you might get him in there in december unlikely highly unlikely uh, and I think Cejudo's a better option too. Yeah, but Cejudo, I mean, it would take a while for him to even get into the, uh, he's got to get back into testing and everything like that. That takes time anyway. 
He'd be he'd be good by April. And Dana White also uh, of said, of course, Dana has, he, he yeah. does not want it. Uh, he doesn't he want is. it, and I get it too. Because honestly, look, if if I'm looking at Henry Cejudo here and he's actually coming back, I'm saying, dude, why don't you walk back in and say you can beat Peter Yan? I think he wants three division ch- champs. That's, that's yeah, that's wants. fine for him, but I don't care about what he wants. Well, it's got to go both ways. No, it doesn't. I mean, I'm more interested. It has in to seeing... go the UFC's way. That is how everything works. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> unless you're George St. Pierre, unless you're George St. Pierre, you walk in and say you can win the middleweight belt, and then go do but it. But that, I so. feel like that taught Dana White a lesson. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> eh, it's possible. That's pretty much what it is. We don't see that anymore. It's been four years, and that's not really something that happens. So, yeah, no, I honestly, I really like that it was Korean Zombie that got it. I, I, I think he's as worthy as anybody. You know, not that I love the UFC's ranking system, but you know, he's ranked number four. He's only behind. Yair Rodriguez, who he was winning until he got not caught, but Yair landed that elbow with a few seconds left in the fight. Um, Ortega and Holloway is, you know, we already know why they wouldn't get the next shot. So I think it's uh, it's perfectly reasonable to give it to Chance Sun Jung here. Mm. Yeah. You're, you don't like fun. I don't mind the fight. Like, as in Korean Zombies, a fun guy to watch. I just don't think it's the fight for that belt. It's just... Wait for Max at this point. Just nah, it's no, I, I, don't, I don't like that. It's January. We don't know when Max is going to be ready again. Like no, we don't. So the fight's going to be in April. Maybe they can it's get three something like that later out. in the year. It's never going to happen. Falk ain't fighting. It, this is the only fight he fights this year. Hey, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty the way the world is right now. We, you know, obviously we're in the middle of Omicron and all that other stuff, which is kind of complicating things. But you know, let's say in the fall things are better. Just just hypotheticals here, right? Let's say things are better, not just in this country, but worldwide, and maybe they can travel again. The UFC has traditionally liked to go down under in October. Potentially, if they were able to get down there in October, you're telling me Alexander Volkanovsky is not going to want to defend his belt against Max Holloway right there? He's not going to. All right. Fair enough. I disagree, but that's that's your opinion, sir. But before we get to our contested rounds... Let us get to what I already alluded to before, which was the first round of this fight, the Calvin Cater Giga Chikadze matchup that uh, all the judges, I should say, scored every round of this fight for Calvin Cater. It was 50s all the way. We do have one 10 8 discrepancy that we're going to talk about to lead off contestant rounds, but that's not where we're getting at here. What we're getting at is your boy right here scored a 10 8. For Giga Chikadze in the first 10, round. 9. Of this you fight. scored a 10 9. If you scored it 10, a 10 9, 8. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't go that bad. Um, remember, I've got COVID, so. Um, or Zika. I forget which I have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I scored a 10 9 for Giga in round one as opposed to Calvin Cater. Uh, it ended up on the broadcast. They selected my tweet and said, hey, let's let's attract some trolls this guy's way. And sure enough, that that worked. They, <laughs> they did, in fact, send some trolls my way. I saw. I got my typical, um, you know, good thing you're not a judge. Oh, you're a casual. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm very much a casual because I sit back and watch every fight as try to judge it like this. This is what casuals do. Are you drunk? That was another one. Oh, no, no, I don't know. I muted it at some point. I don't care that much. So, but nonetheless. I think all the evidence pointed in the direction of, yeah, I probably dropped the ball on this one. You know, my reasoning for scoring it this way. And I think we can totally agree that this is a low output round. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, you know, there's not a lot of strikes landed. Um, my reasoning was that Giga was winning the striking before it ended up on the mat. 
And in my head, as I'm kind of watching this, and there's kind of there's at least a full minute that goes by where Cater is pretty much just holding Giga down, not doing anything. And I'm like, well, this is like dead and empty. It's like, what's going on here? Back in the day, probably uh, referees that you would have hated would have stood this up. Maybe. I feel like they may have back in the day. They're, they're much more patient, which I'm happy about. I let them work. This is okay. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it did get to a situation where Cater uh, was able to take the back. Uh, he went for like kind of like a weird like arm triangle choke that really it didn't look like it was all that. Like, what did you think of that? Uh, that's there? one of my favorite subs. I was very all into that. I didn't think it was that close though. It's an arm triangle from underneath. I mean, I know it just like, didn't. He was he was kind of flailing a bit. I thought. Like, did, uh, yeah, okay. well, I, that's what I thought. And I was like, oh, fair. you might get this. Well, these are all the thoughts that were going through my head as I'm scoring this fight. And obviously there are flaws in that. So one of the big flaws after I watched it back again was the fact that they're really on the fight, only on the feet for like a minute and a half. I, in my head, it was a lot longer. I don't know why I just, it, the, the clock in my head, even though there's a clock there, I try not to like look around mm-hmm. when I'm watching it on TV. I do my best to kind of block that stuff out. So uh, obviously I made mistakes and, uh, Fortunately, I have no impact on the fight. It is good thing I'm not a judge because, <laughs> as I say all the time, I'm an amateur. I'm untrained. You know, I've had conversations here and there, um, probably more than here and there. I pretty consistent conversation with a lot of officials trying to learn and understand these things. But, hey, you know, I'm human and I'm also not that good at this. You're better than most. Ah, thank you. I'm probably better than most of the people that were sitting there saying that I suck. But, oh, you know. yeah. I mean, yeah, 100%. But it is what it is. So that is uh that's my Mia culpa on round one Giga. I uh judging is a hard job. I have a lot of respect for it and I always have, and this is a reminder of why. It is. Even the not all even the professionals don't get it right, so all Most the time. Do. All I, the time. You know, the, the, the best time. of the best do. Yes, but even e- I'm saying even the best of the best make mistakes. Yeah, that's that's true. in those everything. Who, those who live in the greater Houston area make more mistakes than others. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's 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 undisputable. I'm not saying I'm better than them, but I'm saying, you know, they make more mistakes than others. That is what it is. <laughs> uh, but let, let's move on, though. We've, we've only got four contested rounds here. Uh, even though it was a very decision-heavy uh, card, we had, what, eight decisions out of ten fights, one of them being the five-rounder. So, you know, you do the math there. We're talking about, what, 29 scored rounds? Did I do that right? It's like 29 scored rounds. All right, yeah. And we only have three uh, split rounds. And uh, and then one that's a uh, you know a ten ten eight ten nine discrepancy. Yeah, round five uh, of the main event. That's right. So yeah, let's start with that. Uh, of course, we know that round went to cater. Every round went to cater. Uh, so we're really just talking about the degree to which it went to cater. Why don't you talk about this round? Is it why why are we talking about this as even a potential ten eight? Well, I'm, I really wish Jim Ross was commentating. No offense to Brendan Fitzgerald and, and the guys that that did it. I just wish Jim Ross was on this one. Because uh, slobber knocker is the best word to describe it. Giga, solid first minute, maybe 45 seconds or 45 seconds to a minute. He came out. He was landing some pretty good shots. And he, but, you know, as the round wore on, Cater kept his pressure up, landing good throughout. Big elbows. Uh, I think a 10-8 is fine based on that final 10 seconds where Giga actually gets really hurt. Where, you know, if there's more time, maybe he does get finished. Um, I just don't see two Ds throughout that round. I see the damage. I don't see it to that point where he's diminished enough. Uh, there's no dominance, really, because Giga keeps firing back. I think he actually earned a nine, so. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can see that he earned the nine there. I think when it comes to the the end of the round, that definitely is, like, a degree where I think 
if you're the judge, you're really just saying he looked very, very hurt. And you can't necessarily extrapolate on like what would have happened if the right. you know the round went longer. Of course, judges that's not how they score. You know that. Um, but if if Chris Lee, who's the judge who saw this as a 10-8 for Calvin Cater, uh, if he saw this as Giga was really hurt, like badly hurt, I can understand why um, you're talking about a, a fighter who who's you know kind of on the rocks here. That can I can see why you maybe get there, you know. But I don't know sitting at home and obviously I was a great judge of this fight in particular <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, but, but I don't know that I would have necessarily gone to a 10, uh, eight here. I think, I think the nine is appropriate. I agree with you. Um, and, and as well as uh, Derek Cleary and Sal D'Amato, I think, I think the nine is the right call. It doesn't matter. We're talking about the fifth round of a fight where every round went to the same guy. So does it like, he could have given a 10, seven to Giga Chikadze here for any reason or whatever. And Giga Chikadze still loses the fight. So, you know, we're really just talking about kind of uh, nerdy stuff here when we get into eights and nines, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought it was like it was the 10, eight, 10, eight and a half territory. Uh, yeah, if, yeah, that's fair. If Chris Lee got there in that, those final 10 seconds, I think that's where you do get there if you're going to go there. Um, that's, yeah, because I, I, I did uh, have that thought. Fine. I actually did have the same thought, but I'm like, I just don't think it got there. Yeah, that's how. That's where I'm at. I, I don't think it, it got to that point. Yeah, maybe this is a, a 10, eight on uh, the cat, the CSJ criteria. I think it probably wouldn't be. Yeah, but who knows? We'll probably never go back to this one though. I don't. I don't know that necessarily we would do that. But good fight, fun fight. Uh, people are calling this all oh, fight of the year contender. Uh, early. I fine. You want to say it now? But like, let's let's give it the other forty two UFC events throughout the year <laughs> plus Bellator plus you know one and PFL and Combate and KSW and Cage Warriors and, and LFA and all that stuff. How about we let a lot of other things happen before we start crowning the first thing that we saw on a night where nothing else was all that interesting? Was a good fight, though. Not not nothing else, actually, I will say, because the next fight that we're going to bring up was certainly an interesting fight, at least in my opinion. Uh, Brandon Royville, who got the split decision over uh, Jerry Vontarine, 29-28s all around, except two of them went to Royville, one went to Vontarine. The split round in this fight was the first. That was the deciding round here. Uh, so the two judges who saw it for Royville, were Eric Cologne and Chris Lee, once again. Uh, and Bontarine got the card from Douglas Crosby. What do you think of this? Why don't you set it up? Uh, all right. I th- I'm just going to start. I-, I do not like this round being scored for B- Bontarine. Okay, why? Uh, he you landed, can go that way, sure. He landed like three strikes on the feet, and his best one was a leg kick that sweeped the legs of Royville. On the ground, I counted. He threw a total of one single John strike. John Kreese would have loved that. I want you to know. John Kreese would have loved it. Feels like he's being turned into the... Did you watch it? Oh, yeah. I'm caught up. Hey! No spoilers. No oh, spoilers. Let people catch up. It's been out for so long. No, don't be a jerk. All right. Whatever. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, he just held he just held Royville down, and he didn't do anything because he knew he's good at scrambling. Any space he gets, Royville's going to go for it. Uh, and then Royville's landing solid elbows off his back. And on the feet, Royville's the one that's landing. His right hand is really solid. I don't know how you go for Bontarine in this round. I just don't see it. Honestly, I get it. I, I really do. I think there's probably enough there that um, if, if you're going to reward some of you know, the things on the ground. It's, it's it's almost like this this round was what I saw in the in the first round of, of Kater Jikadze, where like you're talking about like the damage that's being done in, in, in the kind of the windows that it's actually happening. I think that here it's a much easier case to be made for Royville than the case that I was making for Giga in that fight, right? I think it's completely 
a little different where because Bontrean's just holding him down and not doing anything. He's not even trying to save. He's not even throwing a single strike. He That's threw, true. He threw one total ground strike. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree. I'm just, I kind of see some parallels here. I think it's a much stronger case for Royville, but I, I think you can kind of understand. I don't think it's the craziest score uh, to go the other way for Bontarine. All right. All right. I think we, we're, we, we're going hey, we to disagree, disagree on, on that one. one, yeah. That's okay. That's all right. Uh, I mean, we ended up on the same page. We both think Royville won this round and thus the fight. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I just didn't think it was as bad from, from Judge Crosby. And, and look, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of him, so I'm not <laughs> looking to defend the man, but I just didn't think it was that bad. All right. We have two more, and these uh, didn't have as much impact on the actual outcome of the fights, but the uh, the Bill Algio fight, you're talking about your guy, Algio. Uh, I'm going to call him your guy. He's, he's your guy now, whether you like it or not. Bill Algio's my guy. He's a CFFC he's guy. He's a former champ, but he's also— That's true. You do love your CFFC. He's a decision machine. Like, he's the next uh, Caitlin Chikagian. Just <laughs> Another CFFC champ. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so uh, he got the win over uh, Joe Anderson Brito. Uh, this was 29-28 twice and a 30-27. The first round is where we have the uh, the disagreement among the judges. And, uh, well, before we even get to the scores, why don't you just set this one up? How, what happened here? Yeah, the grappling heavy start to the round. You know, Brito gets the takedown, finds his way to the back. He's attacking for chokes for about a minute, minute and a half. Uh, the one fault here is Brito doesn't have a body triangle, which just allows Algio to just turn around into his guard. And from there, he starts landing some some decent... Ground and pound, like more more so pitter patter, except when he was throwing the elbows. I thought the elbows were pretty solid. A little more solid, yeah. Uh, once they work back to the feet, you know, Aljo lands uh, a knee up the middle, I guess, when when Brito was coming in, and then he la- lands that front kick to end the round. But in between those, I thought Brito was the one landing the heavier punches. Uh, I think it's really close, and, and probably can go either way. But I'm on ten nine Brito. Yeah, this one's super close. Um, I also landed on Brito. Uh, same way as Judge Crosby and uh, Salamato, and uh, we so thus we sided against uh, Judge Derek Cleary in this one. But I I was very torn, honestly, watching this one. So you know the fact that I landed on Brito when, when I watch these, I try to make a pick like right away, and rather rather than kind of sit there and think it over because that's not mm-hmm. what the judges get to do. Mm-hmm. I'm at least trying to kind of put my my mindset in the same way, you know, the the same parameters that a judge would have to sit through. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe I can agonize over it, but that's not what they get to do. So I, th- I think it's only fair. I, yeah, I, I can't really be mad at this one whatsoever. I think it's perfectly defensible either way, but yeah. Algeo took, uh, all the doubt out of it by winning the next two rounds. So it didn't matter. It did not matter. And the last one of our show for today, Brian Kelleher, another decision, of course, Unanimous his way over Kevin Kroom, two thirty twenty sevens and one twenty nine twenty eight. The only round that we're even thinking could have gone Kroom's way potentially is round two. So Dan, what happens in round two? Round two, I thought Kroom built up a decent lead on the feet. Uh, Kelleher was landing you know some good body shots, but I thought Kroom was the one that was landing more damage. Opened him up with an elbow early. Uh, once Kelleher gets it on the ground, I don't think he really did much to overcome that gap. He did have a couple decent guillotine attacks, but not much else. Uh, another close round, but I'm 10-9 Kroom. Yeah, I was very torn here too. Um, I did go the other way. I think that I probably gave a little bit more weight to what was happening on the mat with regard to Brian Kelleher than maybe you did, and it's probably really where the, the kind of the difference came out. Most likely. Um, but 
yeah, it's. I don't think this is uh, any t- sort of round to be sitting there and getting mad at any judge here. Uh, you, so you sided with uh, Judge Saldamato, who was the out judge. I sided with uh, Judges Cleary and Cologne. And uh, yeah, so no, no couch side override. Nope, just an ur- urban override. Um, uh, no, no, no. This is, well, we, I, what is this? Is a CSJ split, right? CSJ draw? I don't C- know. Uh, well, do we have a name for this? No, we don't have a name for it, no. Yeah. Well, we can we workshop it. We're not, we, we haven't heard it tonight. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> there's really not much to even talk about since Bispin gave the world enough to talk about over round three being a 10-8. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, would, yeah, I, I was... wouldn't mind if they if it was a 10-8, but... It's there was just no not damage. the way it works anymore, yeah. unfortunately. Right. Yeah. yeah, that that is the thing because I saw a lot of that conversation out there, and you know, I, I had kind of overheard it while I wasn't able to watch this fight live. So I kind of tweeted out. I said I was just kind of putting it out there for somebody to kind of help me out and say, "Hey, what's going on in this round?" I hear Bisping talking about ten eight, or are we talking about a real ten eight, or is this just like is it's warranted? <laughs> yes, no. And a lot of people were like, "Yeah, yeah, it makes sense." And uh, Trent Reinsmith was actually the the first one who I saw who said, "Nah." So I was like, oh, interesting, because Trent actually does pay a lot of attention to the criteria and judging. He's gotten more into that uh, in the last, I think, probably little year plus or so. Um, so when he said that, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. So then we ended up having all 10 nines. I was like, yeah, all right. That makes some sense. Yep. People just haven't recalibrated, I guess, to the idea that judges are not giving out nearly as many 10 eights. And, and a lot of that is because they need damage. Yeah, damage. Damage has to be a D. Damage is becoming that requirement. It's not, you know, it's not in the books, but I think that's what we're we've seen manifest, and that's probably where it's going to be headed. If I, you know, it's reading the tea leaves, right? It's where it's going. And that was it. We uh, we've got some finishes, not too many. So Dan, why don't we just uh, why don't we just split the finishes that were available to us? Yeah, well, let's give one finish. I mean, that was going to be it. Should have been my favorite finish was Brandon Royval tapping out Sponsorine. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure if it was a tap or not in round three. So you're t- you set up what what happened just for people. He gets him in a tight arm bar and Bontarine taps. I mean, there's nothing much more to uh, <laughs> to break down. One tap, he, two he, tap, three tap, don't matter. He tapped. It was hard to tell if that was a real tap or not. Um, so I can understand why it it did go on. But I man, it, it certainly it makes you ask. Well, what what is a tap? You know, that's how I kind of look at it. Sometimes it's it's tough to tell. I mean, we did see it get overturned with uh, Verdum earlier last year. Yeah, I I imagine that Brandon Royville's camp, oh, maybe his camp will care. I don't know. I, I don't imagine anything's going to change out of this. It's, Unlike, no, you got the W. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, so. nothing, there's no impact of it. You're really just talking about, uh, I guess, uh, you know, record keeping uh, at that point. Do you want the you want the finish on your record or not? But actually, if I recall, I picked Brandon Royville in this fight, right? Yes. And I picked him by decision, I think. I thought we both went first round sub on that one. Did I? I'm almost positive. You know what? I think I did, but then I was also like, you know what? This is probably be the one that he goes the distance or something. I don't know. Who knows? It's all on tape. Like, <laughs> you can hold me accountable. I can make anything up right now, but just eventually someone will hold me accountable, but not Dan because he didn't write it down. I did write it down. I just wrote the winners down. That's what I thought we were doing. Anyway. That's what I say to you, sir. Anyway, my favorite official finish. Official finish, yeah. Is the big boy, uh, Jake Collier, getting the finish, uh, rear naked choke. You don't see heavyweight subbing all that often. So, And the best part was that they only gave us half a round of heavyweight action, which is definitely all heavyweights really ought to give us, <laughs> especially when they're in a co-main event uh, and they're not remotely, you know, top five-ish in the I UFC. I feel they do that often. They throw heavyweights in the co-main spot on these types of cards. 
Like, I think it's because people like, especially casuals like me, because I'm a casual. <laughs> uh, I'm, that's what I am. I, I should they should just identify as a casual from now on. When's Connor fighting? I can't wait for Connor's fight. Um, <laughs> He's getting the title shot next, right? What are the heavyweights fighting? I can't wait. I love heavyweight fights. They're just fantastic. <laughs> I think that's what it is, though. I think they, they hope to draw in some kind of people who are like flipping through. And they're like, well, at least, you know, I like watching big boys fight. Sure. I don't want to watch these little guys. So the, the hope is maybe you just get a few people to stick. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah, maybe. What was your favorite? Uh, my favorite was uh, Slava Claus. Vladislav Borshev, who got the body shot to end Dakota, a.k.a. Harry Bush's night <laughs> in the first round. That was, that was got to love a body shot knockout. They're, they're awesome. What was great was uh, Buffer wouldn't announce the nickname oh, for no. Dakota Bush. <laughs> this is when I went to I actually didn't see this fight live because I went to go pick up my food during it. Well, you didn't miss it. Yeah, there's not much to miss. So, <laughs> All right. You know what? Next time uh, we're getting a lot of decisions. Why don't you go pick up food more often? I could do that. Yeah. Give us more finishes. <laughs> but that was good. That was that was a good finish. It was a nice finish. You like you do absolutely like a good body and shot finish. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, now that, that's kind of a short show. We it was have... a short show. I'm OK with that. I'm sure our listeners are pretty OK with that. You know, ease them back in. Mm-hmm. Um, we got another we one this on. week, though, right? What's that? We got another show this week. We will do we'll we'll do a uh, couchside judges uh, double shot of the week. We'll get you one uh, later in the week when we're going to be talking about UFC 270, the big heavyweight matchup, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to pick a uh, past judgment, whether it be you know uh, an appeal edition like we did last time, or maybe we'll pick a new fight. I don't know. We'll, why we'll don't have to see. why don't we just torture ourselves and do Francis? Derek Lewis. Because I want people to listen to the show. <laughs> That's true. I like I like when our listeners are happy. And I think <laughs> if they did that, they would say, well, we can skip this one. <laughs> All we, right. we, can, we can leave that out of the routine for the week. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll have something fun for you, hopefully. And that's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back again on Friday to uh, preview UFC 270. Hopefully I'll be sounding a little bit better, get over my Zika. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you in a few days. Thank you.